0: Shalom and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher. This week's parasha is Shalach, or Shlach Lecha. It is a pivotal parasha, uh, not only in the book of Baal, but indeed in uh, in Jewish history, uh, because the course of Jewish history changes uh, in this parasha, as I will explain. The first part of the parasha deals with the uh, episode, the exploits, and the sin uh, of the uh, scouts. Uh, many people will call them the meraglim, uh, in, in fact, meaning spies, and that is uh, a term that you find in Chazal as well. Uh, I'm going to stick to the term scout uh, or explorer, and I'll try to explain why uh, as we go along. Uh, what happens is, uh, the parasha begins with Hashem saying to uh, Moshe, to tell Bnei Israel, to send, uh, twelve scouts to, uh, to explore the land. And uh, also, uh, details are given as to what they should, uh, look for. And Moshe gives these instructions To them, 12 scouts, one from each one of the tribes, they are named. Uh, The instructions include uh, exploring the entire land, go from one end to the other and across, and then to bring back a report. They have to report on the type of people that are there, the type of settlements, what's the quality of the land, and also to bring back examples of the fruits. and so they begin their expedition. They start in the south, in the Negev, and they go, uh, to a place called Nachal Eshkol. Eshkol is a cluster of grapes, uh, and it's called that because they brought, bring back, among other things, a cluster of grapes. Uh, along the way, they, uh, they pass by Hebron, and they're aware of the giants that live there, uh, but, as said, they do bring back uh, a cluster of grapes, actually an entire branch of a grapevine, uh, which is enormous, and uh, as well as a pomegranate and a fig, and they are away for forty days. Uh, they leave, says the Torah, uh, during the time of the first fruits of the grapes, uh, and they return forty days later, which suggests that they uh, are going during the uh, during the summer, and then begins the report. Uh, all of uh, Israel gathers together to hear the report and uh, the report at the beginning uh, sounds uh, very promising. Um, They say that indeed it is a land flowing with milk and honey and here are fruits. Uh, But then the report turns. They say, however. Uh, The Hebrew word for that is Ephes. However, um, everything positive about the land should be ignored, they imply, because the people there are fierce. There are giants there. Uh, They make mention of Amalek and the Canaanites. Uh, And of course, they've had history with Amalek and uh, that uh, in and of itself will be frightening. And their conclusion is that we cannot succeed. Now, this is the report of 10 out of the 12 uh, scouts But two uh, of them continue in the right path, one of whom is Yehoshua, uh, Moshe's uh, primary student and attendant. And Yehoshua encourages the people and reminds them that uh, Hashem has done so much for them up until this point. Uh, They do not need to worry uh, that they won't be able to uh, take the land as, uh, as promised. But the people seem to ignore this uh, and so the people cry, and they complain, and they say, "Let's return to Egypt." Now the leaders of the people try to prevent the catastrophe. Moshe and Aaron fall to their faces. Yehoshua himself and the other uh, faithful uh, scout Kalev uh, mourn, uh, and they insist, "Don't rebel against Hashem. This will not. This will not end well." Uh, but the people seem to be unaffected uh, by, uh, by all of these reactions. They continue in their, uh, their insistence that uh, they've lost hope. They are unable to, uh, to take the land. Uh, they want to even stone Yehoshua and Kalev. Uh, and Hashem says to Moshe in his anger, I will destroy uh, the people and uh, essentially start all over with you. And Moshe prays uh, that uh, they be that they be spared Hashem we might say commutes the the sentence he says they will not be destroyed however it's very clear that this generation the generation that left Egypt is not ready to uh, enter the land of Israel and therefore God decrees that uh, rather than going into the land uh, soon uh, they will spend 40 years in the desert, one year for every day that the uh, scouts were in the land of Israel, um, until a new generation will be born. The old generation will die, and a new generation will be born, and they will be ready to uh, to enter the land. Uh, Yehoshua and Kalev, because they have been faithful, uh, they will enter the land of Israel. And then Hashem instructs that they are to uh, return Turn around and go back into the wilderness. They are not going to uh, proceed towards the land of Israel. Uh, The ten uh, scouts uh, are killed uh, by Hashem in a in a plague. Uh, Rather than accepting their their punishment, their sentence, uh, the people of Israel uh, defy Hashem's decision, and they say, uh, "We've made a mistake. We have sinned." Uh, and therefore, we are going to ascend. Uh, we are going to go up to the land. Uh, but uh, Moshe says, "This is not to be. Moshe is not. Uh, Hashem is not with you, and you will not succeed." Uh, they try these defiant ones. They're known as the Ma'apilim. But uh, uh, they are met with uh, resistance. By Amalek and Canaan, and they drive them back. And so, uh, it's very clear that, uh, they are, uh, that they are not going to enter the land, uh, at this point, uh, and they do have to uh, turn around, uh, and follow Hashem's instructions to go into the land, into the uh, wilderness, and to spend the balance of the 40 years until. The old generation dies and a new generation will be born. The second part of the parashah uh, is uh, mostly about uh, mitzvot, but one theme that seems to run through many of these mitzvot is a reminder that they will eventually, or the Jewish people will eventually enter the land of Israel, and the proof of that is that a number of these mitzvot are applicable uh, particularly or exclusively in the land of Israel. Uh, one is the mitzvah of offering grain offerings and libations, uh, wine libations. These uh, were not offered uh, in the mitzvah. Um, and another one is the mitzvah of challah, that when uh, one bakes, uh, make, prepares dough uh, over a certain amount, then a portion of it uh, is removed. That uh, That portion is itself called the Chala, and it is given to the Kohanim. But as the Torah says, when it introduces this mitzvah, uh, it says that this mitzvah will only take effect when they enter the uh, land of Israel. So, uh, furthermore, we have the mitzvah of chatat offerings, sin offerings, uh, that bring atonement for uh, idolatry that is committed through ignorance, Uh, But of course we're reminded that uh, a sin that is done uh, knowingly is punished. But a lot of these mitzvot uh, contain what we might call a subtext uh, reminding us that although it has just been decreed on B'nai Israel that they will not, uh, this generation, will not enter the the land, uh, there will come a time that the Jewish people, not they, but their children, will enter the land of Israel and, and they will be able to fulfill those mitzvot. So these mitzvot are uh, emphasized here uh, to provide that kind of encouragement. The last uh, two sections of the parashah uh, one has to do with an incident. Uh, the incident of he's uh, known as the Makoshesh Etzim, the one who gathered uh, wood on Shabbat. It says that uh, this person, the Torah does not say his name, uh, was found uh, Gathering wood on Shabbat, found meaning he was witnessed. But we also have to assume that he was warned not to do this because otherwise, being in violation of the laws of Shabbat, he uh, could be executed. And uh, those who found him bring him to Moshe and Aharon and before everyone else. They place him in jail until they get a, a clear uh, statement from Hashem as to what is the form of punishment. They knew that he is to be executed, but at this point it wasn't that clear uh, what form of execution. So Hashem says he is to be stoned. This is the punishment for uh, knowingly violating the Shabbat, and in fact uh, that's what they did. They took him outside of the the camp and they uh, stoned him. Uh as Hashem had commanded. Everybody is responsible for his, uh, for his own actions. Finally, uh, the very last section of the Torah, of this Torah portion of Shalach Lecha, uh, should be familiar to us as the third paragraph of the Shema uh, because it is the uh, paragraph of the Shema that talks about Tzitzit. And uh, we are told That we must place tzitzit, a fringe, a tassel, if you like to translate it that way, uh, on the four corners of the garment, uh, of of a garment, and uh, also that each corner should have a blue thread as part of it. The Torah says that uh, wearing the tzitzit will be a reminder uh, that, uh, that one is obligated to keep all the mitzvot, and Hashem concludes by saying, I took you out of Egypt. Uh, and, uh, in order to give you these, uh, mitzvot and to be your, uh, God, and that concludes, Hashem Hashem. I am, I am the Lord your God. Once again, the Torah is, uh, is telling us that we have an ongoing, uh, relationship with God, uh, manifest in, uh, in all ways, including the very way that we, uh, that we dress, uh, that we should wear our mitzvah, obligations as a uh, a garment or an ornament that we are that we are we should be proud of. And so uh that's the end of parashat uh, shlachlachah. Uh again the first part of the parasha deals with the 12 that Moshe sends and the other part uh, deals with uh, various mitzvot. Now uh uh, I'd like to return to the very beginning of the parasha and the actual command to, uh, to send them. Uh, the very beginning of the parasha uh, says, uh, where Hashem says to Moshe, Shlach Hashim, send for yourself men, Via et Eretz Kenan, that they will, uh, to scout, uh, explore the land of Canaan." That I'm giving to the Negev one man from each tribe. Uh, you shall say that each one is to be a chieftain, a nasi, a prominent person. Now, uh, what I'd like to do is uh, share some ideas from the Malbim. Uh, I have the full text of the Malbim uh, included in the outline page, uh, but uh, rather than translate the entire Malbim, I uh, summarized his major uh, his major points the Malbim insists that there are two different words in Hebrew for a spy. Uh, and uh, one of those words is Meragel, plural Meraglim. Uh, but it is noteworthy that throughout this entire episode in our parasha, they are never called Meraglim. Uh, again and again, the term for them is Tar, uh, and that gives us the, the verb, Latur, the Aturu. What's the difference between them? And this is exactly the point that the Malbim wishes to make. He says a Tar is a scout, an explorer, and is the kind of uh, spy, if you will, who's sent by the nation uh, in advance to seek out an appropriate place to settle. Tar is there to see what is a good place to settle in the land. After the Tar or the Tarim return, then uh, the next consideration is military and uh, for that kind of a spy, espionage uh, the, the term for such a person who's sent on that kind of a spy mission, that's called a Maragil. And the purpose of a a spy is to find the weak points in the land for the purpose of uh, attack and conquest. So according to uh, the Malbim, and he, and he demonstrates this very, uh, very convincingly, uh, is that there are uh, differences between them. Indeed, you can say that they have, these two kinds of spies, have opposite purposes. The Tar is looking for the good aspects of the land. The Maragel is looking for the bad aspects. The Tar is looking for the good aspects because his purpose is to scout out the land, to explore the land in consideration of what's going to be a good place to settle in it. Maragel is there to look for the, uh, the bad or the weak aspects of the land because the purpose of the Maragel is in, va- in advance of a military action. You want to know uh, what is a good place to uh, to attack? Uh, so he's looking for weak spots. The Malibin goes on to say that uh, the tar uh, will be sent by the entire people with the information gathered by these scouts or explorers available to all, because everybody wants to know what the land is like for the purpose of settlement. The Maragel, on the other hand, is sent by the general; its purpose is military. And um, the information that the meragel gathers is available only to the military. We don't want it shared with anybody because uh, that can uh, that can lead to danger. Another uh, another difference that the Malbin points out is that when you're sending uh, on this on a scouting mission, on an exploration mission, so it is uh, desirable to send multiple agents. Uh, based on the different needs of the different tribes. Different tribes have different, let's say, economic needs, uh, and therefore it's good to send, let's say, one representative from each of the tribes who is aware of the differences. Uh, certain tribes uh, are going to engage in commerce, so they should live near the ocean, for example, uh, and others are, are not. So multiple agents, Multiple tarim should be sent because there are different needs of the tribes. The maragel, on the other hand, is sent to uh, as on an espionage mission to look for for weaknesses, and then uh, it's not sent by uh, by individual tribes. Sent by the nation, or sent on behalf of the nation uh, by the uh, military uh, military experts. So you might send one. Maybe two agents. Uh, the Malvin makes reference to the fact that when the time came, for example, in the book of Yehoshua, for the city of Yericho to be uh, explored, Yehoshua only sent two. Uh, continuing in the differences, the Malvin points out that for the scouting mission, uh, you want to send leaders, you want to send people who are prominent. And their mission is public. It's known by everybody because they're going on behalf of everyone to see what is a good place to, uh, to settle. When you send uh, Meraglim, on the other hand, such as Yehoshua did, uh, you send very few. Yehoshua only sent two. And you send them anonymously. You send anonymous agents. They're sent in secret because what they are, uh, their mission uh, is to gather information uh, they don't want to call attention to themselves. So, the, the Tarim, the scouts, the explorers are much more public, whereas the Tarim, much more secretive. The mabu goes on to explain, and he says this with reference to um, the way this episode is recounted in the book of Dvarim, because there some other elements that are um, evident. Are evident then. So, he says that uh, it was the people who wanted to send uh, spies. And Moshe thought at the time that it was appropriate to send spies, that is to say, on an espionage mission, because um, he thought that the land of Israel would be conquered through natural means, uh, which would include espionage. And uh, on the other hand, he didn't think it was appropriate to send scouts to see what kind of land it is, because the goodness of the land was already assured. That was what Moshe thought. And that's, what, uh, that, that's what he approached Hashem with. However, Hashem uh, told him, and we see this from our parasha, that uh, it actually it's the other way around. The conquest of the land would have to be miraculous. And therefore, spies, for espionage purposes, Totally unnecessary in this case. Hashem was going to take care of everything. On the other hand, scouts, explorers, would be acceptable uh, so that the people would get a better idea, uh, not of whether to settle in the land, but where is the best place to settle in the land, uh, best for each one of the tribes. I should add uh, something that's not here in the Malbim, although he does say it later, uh, is that essentially the, uh, the sin of the scouts or the 10 out of 12 scouts who, uh, who came back with the report was they uh, made a mistake they made a fundamental mistake in their mission they were sent as tarim as scouts, explorers they came back uh, as maraglim they came back giving a report uh, that talks about the negative aspects, as if that were their mission. Uh, so they betrayed their actual mission. And that could be why, subsequently, they're called, uh, throughout Chazal, why they're called Meraglim. Uh, not because that's the way they were sent, but because that's the way they came back. They came back pointing out the negatives. And the result, of course, was uh, crying uh, that lasted uh, uh, that entire night, And then it was decreed that they were to uh, stay in the the desert, in the wilderness, for the balance of 40 years until a new generation born in freedom, born to understand the responsibilities of freedom, would be prepared to enter the land. Thank you very much for joining me in this exploration of Parashat Shalach. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.